I'm not feeling very optimistic about the seventh season. I wanted to die this week. This was probably one of the worst weeks that we've had in Trek about history. I've actually died this week watching these. Even with the alternative factor, way back from the first season of the original series, we had... The City on the Edge of Forever as the episode pairing for that episode of Trek yeah. About, which was, gave but, us whiplash, but... But the thing is, you know, you know uh, uh, um, Alternative Factory just made no goddamn sense, but they tried, and it didn't, like, pee on all of what Trek was. Like, yeah. this is, oh my god. Like, the point that, you know, the, the, the main thing that I was, you said last week, um... Oh, when you find out what, you know, the reason Data's having emotions are, you'll be so upset. Oh, my God. Data is addicted to emotions that Lore sends through his fingernail. So, yeah. And 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 there's so much wrong with Descent Part 2. Oh, my so much. God. I don't, I don't hate it as much as Descent. I, I think that Descent was the, the worst of the two parts. You know, Descent, oh. as we talked about last week... You know, was just sloppy, felt very odd. Data was acting strange the entire time for no real reason, which was not explained. Everybody just sort of acted at way out of character. The Borg were incredibly... May, may I be honest, though? I forgot Borg were in this episode. Which is not great. <laughs> yeah! And this is the last time that we see the Borg oh, for a while. Oh, my God. For a couple years, at least. They're just crippled. Well, so, and this is the thing, is that, you know, w- there's so much to talk about with Descent Part 2 and so much to sort of analyze about why exactly this is such a bad episode of, of, of Star Trek The Next Generation. You know, there's the Borg, there's uh, Wesley, not, oh my god, Wesley, geez. Oh, wow. Cru- cru- uh, Crusher's uh, Adventures on the Ship, which was probably the best part of the episode. I liked her little, I, okay, the, there's the, that one and son. Her eyes were gorgeous. I liked this episode just because she has really pretty eyes. Okay, that's fair. They're just like this weird shave. It was very nice. Well, let's talk. That about- was that that epi- that part of the episode gets a ten. Now well, let's move on to oh god. Let's talk about the good thing first. So while I think it is still patently ridiculous that Picard would send almost everybody down yeah. onto the planet to look for one person. Uh, it's an incredibly terrible conceit that only exists because they need people to get off the ship so that Crusher can have a part in the second part, I guess. I don't know. What was the reason for that? They get him off the ship so that way Crusher can put him back on the ship in a dramatic moment. That's fine, I guess. I I think that that was the more effective part of the episode. I don't know why they decided to give Dr. Crusher the command of the Enterprise because she has no command experience and has never been in command of a starship <laughs> at all, ever, but it seemed to work out fine, so that's great. They flipped a coin, she draws straws. As they said, the 90s girl power. Uh, you know, you get really nice moments between two characters that while we have never seen before, I think they're well written and they're interesting enough that the plot doesn't feel like a waste of time. Well, you know, everything about this episode felt kind of cliche, like every plot beat and yeah, in a way, that was all just, okay, let's have three inexperienced people just scrap together and save the day at the end. And, you know, by golly, by the skin of their teeth, they did it. I mean, that's that's all the Crusher and Ensign's plot was to me. And we are, we've seen this before. I mean, this was basically the plot line, Troy's plot line in Disaster. So it's not like yeah. we've never seen this kind of thing before. I mean, again, it's all fine. I mean, I think it's, you know, there's there's niceness and there's sort of a, 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 a just a, a comforting feeling towards having Starfleet officers be quietly competent. I, I don't ever get tired of seeing that. And I think that, 
especially with Dr. Crusher, I don't think that there's a lot for her character in this episode to really work on or really sort of develop it all. But it's just nice to see her get out of sick bay and it's nice to see her do something else like we saw with suspicions, for example. You know, this kind of feels like another... She got to use her metaphasic shielding. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was like a nice little callback. You know, it all sort of works. There's a nice But in a very there. academic way, though. Like, normally, you know, it, it, when, you know, Troy had to take command of the ship and she's, you know, I thought it was awesome when she finally started saying, no, we're doing this, and she finally got decisive and she figured it out. Normally, there's that thrill of seeing a character, you know, go outside their comfort zone and figure it out. You know, that's why Face of the Enemy is awesome. That's why Suspicions was awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end, when she figured it all out and she just, you know, karate chops the guy. Like, that was awesome. That was a good job, Crusher, you know? we didn't, Here, I guess it didn't feel any of that. I didn't really have an emotional stake in any of this. And I guess that's true. She doesn't really struggle at all. Yeah. And, it, you know, so it's just like... Oh, gee, I don't know if I can do this. I'm inexperienced. Whoops, I got it. You know, good for me. You know, how can you do that? That was just your graduate thesis. Let her try. I did it. You know, all right, we're going to go back. You think we can get them all? We got them. You know, it was just very, I don't know, because obviously that was the, uh, you know, that's a minor part of the episode, and maybe, I don't know if they were, were they the same writers? You say that. Yeah, I think so. Because, you, you know, you've said a couple times, like, and we've said this, it feels a lot of times like the cliffhangers, they wrote them several months later, and in a lot of cases they did, and... Yeah, they always did. Yeah, so it almost seems like they had an idea for what Crusher was going to do, but... Well, I don't know if it was several months later, but it was, you know... It wasn't. It wasn't like they wrote a two-part script in one, you know, long session. No, no. Um, Although I will say that, that you know, to that point... Uh, uh, someone who I think, um, oh, I forget what his name is. Uh, I'm, I'm very terrible, but the, Patrick uh, Stewart. the Indian staff writer, um, who I'm saying Indian because he's the only Indian staff writer on the next generation, uh, not because I am in fact a racist, um, on the, I think the season seven Blu-ray on the sort of like, you know, background sort of documentary thing that they do, um, said that they only had about a week between seasons. Uh, which may be why uh, the second season started off uh, very terribly yeah. <laughs> for various reasons. So I don't know. I mean, Ron Moore wrote the first part of Descent, and I think Renee Echeverria wrote the second part. Um, yeah, just not great. Yeah. And and I don't know if, if, if they were just tired. I don't know if they really just were boxed in and couldn't get out of it. Uh, the, the The Beverly Crusher stuff, again, just feels like, they needed something to pad out the episode with. And I think it works great. I think it's the most important, not the most important. I think <laughs> it's the, the most pleasant part of the episode just because the rest of it is so God awful. Well, everyone's acting in character at least. Yeah. I think you can say that people are acting in character except for data. And well, no, no, no. I mean like crusher and the two end scenes are acting in character. Oh, sure. Yeah. The elephant in the room is data. And <sighs> what they did with data in this episode. And I think my main issue with it is that throughout the preceding six seasons of the next generation, the show has been doing a lot of work laying some foundation for data as a person Mm -hmm. data as someone who has definitely he's programmed. Like he is a computer to some degree, Yeah, but there is a sort of, ephemeral quality to data which transcends the the mere fact that he is a computer yeah it's the normal you know 
uh, the show has even made the point, you know, humans are just biological cells, you know, running in pa- – I mean this is the base, you know, Dokoff State or 101. You know, everything is patterns that go into something larger, you know, whether we call that a soul or a consciousness or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so – data – yeah, data has been about how, you know, wires and, you know, conduits or, or whatever and a – what, what is his brain called? A, positronic. A, how a positronic brain can develop a consciousness and a soul. Right, exactly. And so I don't think the show would necessarily call it a soul. But, but you I know, think it's a that, good metaphor yeah, for Yeah, I think exactly. I think it's a good metaphor for it. So, what you know, and we see that in Measure of a Man. We see that in something like The Most Toys where Data sort of – I think that was a big moment for Data where he had to sort of decide yeah. that killing someone was actually the moral thing to do, uh, which he didn't end up doing because the show could not get that dark. And and even something like the the small moment he had with Worf in Rightful Air, where yeah. he's talking about he decided that he was going to be more than that. And what Descent Part 2 tells us is that if Data has negative emotions, quote-unquote, anger, I guess, jealousy, all these things, uh, and if you disable his ethical subroutines, he will become a comic book supervillain. Yeah. And I have a fundamental problem with that because it yeah. undoes the character of Data. Just flat out undoes the character of Data. I don't know how anyone could ever trust him again. I don't know how he resp- – This is the thing of in a real life – you know, in the real life military, if somebody's brother got him hooked on heroin and had him attacking the government and he could go back to his job as Colonel when he apologized. Right. I mean that, that wouldn't happen, you know. No matter what, like Data has is facing some serious court-martialing. Right, right. And so that's my problem with it is that – you know, the show has gone out of its way to tell us that data is not just a computer and data is not just programming. And now to hear this episode and so yes, comes. Yes, the, the phrase his ethical programming like that. That's oh, my God. What does that even mean? Is number it, one. <laughs> and, and that's something out of like system shock, which doesn't work for how data has been. You know, not at all, uh, not at all. Yeah. And so it's not like he. It, it, this, this episode basically says, well, he's got an evil switch. Right, right. I, and I frankly do not believe that, that data with negative emotions getting fed to him and his ethical subroutines being turned off would do this to Jordy. I don't believe it. It, 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 it boggles my mind that they, they thought that this was a good idea, that this was interesting, that this in any way, like they just, I guess they didn't think about it. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm at a loss as to this is, this is such a repudiation of the character of data that's been developed over the past six years that I don't, I mean, am I ever reacting It's a to repudiation this? of the main themes of this, of the series yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, it's re- it, this was a tough episode to watch just because like that yeah that wasn't data no it wasn't data that and wasn't think- data and he was being taken over in a way that no one thought he could be taken over and in a way that's really stupid that cheapens who he is that cheapens what emotions are that ch- this episode cheapens feelings and yeah. cheapens loyalty and cheapens Cheapens ethics and morality. I mean, because what what this episode is telling us is that Data has never made a choice to be moral, has never made yeah. a choice to be ethical. Uh, he is inhibited in some way from being, and this also from being some sort of a sociopath, and that 
you know, without your ethical subroutines turned off, which whatever that would even mean for people, I don't know. I guess in this context, you would have to say empathy, perhaps. I'm not sure. But they don't use the word empathy. They use the word ethical subroutines. That sort of the, 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 the inhibitions that we have against hurting people, against killing people, against sort of, you know, uh, physically harming friends and loved ones. Yeah is turned off that suddenly we're going to want to do that, which makes absolutely no sense because of course data does have a sense of empathy. And I think that the show probably couldn't have gone there because they have gone out of their way to say the data does not have emotions. I mean, we haven't talked about the emotion ship yet, but my God. And so, you know, empathy is an emotion. It is an emotional response. And you're telling me this, this episode is telling me the data has no empathy. So, the only thing that is stopping Data from becoming a, a, a mass-murdering sociopath is ethical subroutines. And you don't want that on your ship having the controls. Of, I mean, again, every t- Data's taken over the ship like 3,000 times by now. Like, yeah. And there's always been at least some, well, he was he had a good reason. He was possessed. He w- This is just, you know, his brother, you know, put dick rays into him. And, <laughs> you know, that was, and, you know, fuck you all, I'm going to put, you know needles into Jordy's face. And also, frankly, you know, leaving aside data for a moment, what you know, I agree with you, but what about lore in all of this? Like, lore has been characterized as sort of the opposite of data in a lot of ways. And this episode would have us believe that, I don't know, lore doesn't have ethical subroutines, and so why don't you just turn them back on, and then he'll be fine. You'll have another data. Like, this is my problem with this, is that these are not people. These are machines that someone has programmed to act this way data has no free will lore has no free will they're just wandering around doing what they're doing because this is how they're programmed and this is exactly what the show has not told us for the past six years and frankly then it's very immoral to shut lore off if he's just acting according to his program because i mean then he's the equivalent of the crystalline entity who the show even believed could be redeemed because all it was doing was just eating and it didn't really you know lore has no concept of his actions so lore's not evil this is an episode that believes that lore is evil yes yeah absolutely and what is this even his fucking plan for the Borg. I, I don't know. They, they say something about he wants to see the end of all biological life. I, I, whatever. I mean, and this is my problem with sort of analyzing a lot of the plot in this episode, which it, it doesn't matter, frankly, because we're watching a comic book. I mean, and, you know, whatever. Comic books are fine. I think comic books can have, you know, subtle characterization and, and, and subtle social commentary and all of those things. But when I say comic book, I mean something that is just just so blatantly... Uh, uh, black and white, that it becomes a parody. Of you mean itself. what co- you know? A comic book villain meant in 1993? <laughs> well, 1993, probably not. But comic books in 1993 were pretty. I read comic books in 1993. They were, they were, they were pretty. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I bet you were like super into Spawn. I liked Spawn, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know what they were thinking. Like, I'm at a loss. I really don't get it. And I think another good example of this is is how Bor- the Borg are treated in this episode and how Hugh is treated in yeah. this episode. And I, wh- wh- why bring this up again? In such, I, I like the idea that, okay, you know, Hugh returning to the Borg had some kind of ramifications. And even sure... The concept of Inus in the Borg would cause a schism, and sure. Um, but this is where you go with it? Yeah. Like I said, you know, I, I, I'm still really into my idea about the group of Borg who 
need asylum, you know, and the Federation has to make a choice. I mean, again, that's a a consequence of Hugh that is within the – and what was the – you know, what was the – what the hell was the whole point of saying if you have an opportunity to destroy the Borg, take it from the first episode? Did that have anything resembling a payoff? No, nothing at all. I don't know why that happened. And, and oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think that there is a way to do a to do the Borg again. I think there's a way to do a follow-up to iBorg which feels like it's true and consistent to the spirit and tone and beliefs of the show and they decided to ignore that completely and do the exact opposite. I'm at a loss as to why again. I, 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 I'm I not sure. Are they trying to get the kids interested? I like, I don't I, know. I don't know. I mean, frankly, it could be a combination of, of just exhaustion. It could be a combination of just kind of looking for new beats to have. I don't know. But, you know, if I Borg was an episode that was really about. And I love that episode. Right. It was a, it was a quiet study about the right thing to do in in defensive of of a person yeah and i i thought it was fascinating it was a very fascinating take on the borg who till that point had been shown as this monolithic you know again primal force and in a way humanizing it again this is a show that so believes in the dignity of life that it humanizes the borg right and then descent part two comes along and shits all over that and and Hugh appears and is angry and is upset and talks. I mean, which is all fine. I mean, that that could have been done well. I don't necessarily have a problem with that choice for Hugh. But my issue with it really is that this episode tells us that the the the, the moral choice that and again, there's there's a way to do this that is interesting and that is sort of thought provoking. But it, this is the complete opposite of that, which is that, you know, there seems to be sort of a germ of an idea here, which is that. Picard made the right choice, but sometimes the right choice will cause bad things to happen. Yeah. Right? And I get that. And I think that they could have done a really interesting thing with that. But what instead what we get is a, a petulant Borg who are running around acting like children who shit all over the legacy of Iborg because Picard had a moral decision to make, made the right moral yeah. decision, and then suddenly they all become what like i, I so just... he made the wrong moral decision in that case you know what i mean like frankly right so frankly so... using the hue bomb on the borg knowing these consequences was more of a mercy kill well i think yeah i think that's a good way to put it and i think that that puts something in context for me which is that this is actually shitting all over i borg even more because it's saying that picard made the wrong choice and that the right choice in that instance would have been to use a person as a weapon of mass destruction to kill everybody in his species. Or more importantly, the right choice was for Crusher to not have saved the life of this Borg in the first place. Right. Like, I don't think that that's a good lesson for Star Trek to be putting aside, to, to be putting out there. You know, I just, I'm not, I'm not really sure what they were even thinking about. And, you know, something, there is part of me that is glad that lore has been turned off and dismantled and, you know, thrown to all corners of the galaxy and will never, ever, 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 ever come back again. He will, of course, be back in another episode, won't he? But, um... I don't know. <laughs> will he? I, I hated lore. I've always hated lore. But Jesus, like, he even had... It, it, even killing off lore felt shitty. Lore, lore is a is a bad first season idea that they. I wish they had never revisited. Yeah. 
If they had just pretended that that had never happened, I would not have had a problem. Or, or at it. least severely retconned it into something different, you know, or more interesting again, you know, but... I mean, I did like his, you know, black fake muscly unitard. I mean, that was something that that seemed interesting to me in some respects. I mean, why would Lord dress like that? I don't know, but it's fine. Are you starting to get into Brent Spiner? No. Oh, you give me one of those Spiner femmes like not, in uh, Trekkies? Yeah, I. This is the last time we see Lore. I don't want you oh, sitting around and thinking. Thank that he's gonna be no, back. no, no. Like you can't have me in suspense like that. Like thank God, like they actually really killed Lore. Well, and they, and you know something they that didn't sucks. Kill him. That sucks that they killed Lore because they even gave fucking Moriarty a fantasy world to live in. Like, I don't know. They could have just given. It just did this episode. Shot on everybody who appeared in it. Well, in this, what is what is the moral? What is the moral choice here, really? Though, is that if if Data is a is a person, and this episode seems to be going to the opposite tack, that Data is not a person. Data is just a collection of of ones and zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. But you know, I'm not ready to ignore. And frankly, I think that you know the the show does sort of ignore the events of Descent to some degree because I don't think that there's any way that you can have data in the next episode acting normal without ignoring it entirely. Like, I don't think there's yeah. any, there, there, this was never going to be a family situation where the next episode after descent part two was going to be a quiet meditation on data, getting over becoming a sociopath. Like that was just, yeah. Not the and cards. everybody beginning to trust him again and all like this would have shit, right? This would have problems. And so, the show has told us over and over again that data is a person that data is able to to sort of uh, 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 transcend his programming. So how is it moral or right to turn lore off and disassemble him when you could just install the fucking ethical program while he's turned off? Or you could just put him in prison. Like, I mean, like I'm sorry, flip the nice switch on lore and then you get nice lore and he's helping children like that would be the Star Trek ending. Right. Right, and so what? What is the what is the real what is the real problem? He and with Thomas that? Riker get to go off on adventures together. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I would like that. That would be really. I, I I would like that. Would have been better than Star Trek Voyager. I think actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I would have been okay with that. I mean, I can't. I can't say I'm sorry to see Lore go. I, I'm with you on that, but. Again, I just feel like the show is doing... It seems to be going out of its way to shitting all over everything it's been in the past six seasons. It's a character that I didn't care about that got killed off in a stupid way. Like... I'm trying to think... The last episode where... uh, 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 um, I've forgotten her name. Uh, Tasha Yar. Yes. Remember how we kind of actually really liked Tasha Yar in that episode? Yeah. Like... And then she died, and it was a shitty way to die, and it actually really sucked, and we missed her. Like, if they'd done that with lore, like, and I had a feeling at the end, oh, I love you, brother, Daisy, Daisy. And then he shuts off, like, what the, I'm like, was that supposed to pull at my heartstrings? Do you remember what happened after Tasha Yar reappeared in yesterday's Enterprise? Oh, yeah. They brought her back as Sela. Yeah. The show doesn't have a lot of restraint at this point, no. I think, is, is, the, is the real point here. <laughs> they brought her off as Sailor and then off ca- camera had her repeatedly raped and murdered. Yeah. 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 So. Sold into sex slavery to a Romulan. The show, Good job, she are. The show has a problem with follow-up. I'm just going to say the show has a problem <laughs> with follow-up. 
Yeah. They just left well enough alone, and that would have been fine. But no, they have to revisit some plot lines, and I'm just saying they don't do a good job but of But, like, it. they revisit it, and then they keep revisiting it, and then they keep just twisting the knife. Like, ugh. I think the final thing that we need to talk about before we move on to liaisons, oh boy. Oh, God. Is the the emotion chip and, and how you feel about it. Because... Uh. You, you know, you've convinced me that Data has emotions, and now the show is <laughs> pretty much coming out and saying he doesn't, and he needs a chip to have them. Yeah, this is just... I mean, this was something that was... that, that this was. Goes, this is offensive from after... I, I, I mean, let, let's, let's put this in universe. See, again, Measure of the Man says that Data is a human. Data is a person. Right. And that... All of the characters, one hundred, you know, of the main cast, one hundred believes percent believes in his personhood. Yeah, this is even filtered throughout the galaxy. Can people meeting Data now yeah. have more of a sense of his personhood than they did in the first couple of seasons? Like, again, I I see this as the ideas of from Measure of a Man percolating out through, and suddenly here's an episode that says he's not a person; he's just a chip. I mean, this is almost comes off as. This episode has some comes off as racist compared to uh, against mm. androids. <laughs> like it's really I I think the version of Data that took command of the ship and refused to let that first officer leave and had and proved himself. Yeah, that version of Data would be offended by this episode. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. But I, I wonder, and I don't like this is such a simplistic. It's a very juvenile episode. It's a very regressive episode. Well, yeah, it is. I don't like this, what this episode implies about what emotions and whatever this consciousness, soul, self, you know, that we were talking about, what it they are. I don't like what this episode implies about what they are. I don't agree with them. Well, and I, I don't think the show agrees with them either. No, I don't think it does, but but it's put this out here, and I don't think we can ignore it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this exists now. The emotion chip is a real thing. And the emotion chip was a real thing as far back as Brothers. I mean, that was where it was introduced, but sort of it disappeared and we never talked about it. So we all And it was left it was ambiguous gone. as whether it was, you know, one of those, you know, Dumbo's magic feather or not. Like, I yeah. I almost got the sense that it was somewhere around there or if it, w- or it was, you know, either way, frankly, the version, even if, let's say that these, this chip would allow Data to access the knowledge and behaviors of emotions just as, you know... He could absorb a text, you know, a, a book in, you know, a couple of seconds. Um, what's been happening to Data is that he's been developing emotions and attachments more organically. Right. In other words, the emotion chip is maybe a shortcut, maybe a way to get emotions, you know, immediately to get a consciousness, to get a soul. But Data has been developing that on his own. He's been earning all of those things. And, you know... I think the idea of suddenly he's addicted to pain and, you know, anger is again, it's 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 a cheapening episode. But I think but I think there's a difference here, which is that there are different types of emotions or, or, or different sort of kinds of emotions. And, yeah. You know, I think what you're talking about is data is sort of developing I don't know if you want to call them the higher emotions, but you know, he is. He's developing a sense of well, empathy, he's, he's, he's developing a sense of, of course, attachment, he's community, developing community, all of these things. Teamwork, right? Loyalty. Right. Those are emotions and what this episode gives him, I mean, I would be even okay to sort of retcon the emotion chip to say that the emotion chip, ex- like, 
simulates what it's like to have adrenaline or something, right? Yeah. And so suddenly he's able to get angry because angry is a very basic yeah. emotion that has a very, very f- strong physiological response. Empathy? Maybe not, you know? No, I mean, and he so, has almost intellectualized emotions. and Right, and, and so I would be even okay with the emotion chip if it gave him sort of anger and lust. The more primal and, emotions. Right, like... You know, happiness. Like, I don't think that the the version of data without the emotion chip that we've been seeing developing over the past six years would ever be happy. But I think he but could be content. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think he is very content. Data isn't, it will never be completely content. There is a part of him that will always search. But, you know, that's, that's, that's a very human problem anyway. And, you know, again, data... Data knows where he belongs. Data has that sense of loyalty and community. And, you know, this episode implies, again, a couple hits of anger and suddenly, you know, Data will crawl on the ground for it. And what does that say about the power of anger over love? Yeah. I don't think that, you know, again, this is that, you know, an article that, you know, Eric had showed me the other day, uh, you know, was talking about, you know, Drug, drug abuse is a factor of environment rather than a factor of drug. You know, in other words, you get heroin because you're in a shitty neighborhood, not because heroin's great. Uh, right. This uh, this is basically heroin is great. You know, this episode. So on an addiction level, I don't agree with this episode either. And that would even make sense for Lore. I mean, I don't think that Lore is someone who's had a very content life. I mean, yeah. He was certainly abandoned by his father and sort of left for dead or whatever. Uh, okay, fine. He would be crazy. All right, whatever. But but Data, no. I mean, and, and uh, Data, bur- Data feeling angry. And yeah, you know what? I mean, I think that this episode goes out of its way to sort of say that there's something wrong with Data for feeling pleasure at being angry. And you know, anger can be pleasurable, you know, and I think that there there is, you know, you certainly yeah. want to be careful with that sort of well, thing. Well, it depends but... about a constructive anger or, you know, uh, um, well, well, right. there's plenty of, you know, especially, you know, political and feminist theory, which talks about rage as a positive constructive force, and Troy, but anger itself as and Troy aimless and destructive. Yeah. Troy even said as much in Dissent, where yeah, when yeah, yeah. Data went to talk to her about what happened, you know. And yeah, I get, and that's the thing is, Descent Part Two even seems to forget about that. Like that scene in Descent was probably one of the 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 or the only sort of Star Trekky things about that episode, you know. And this this completely forgets that that even happened. Yeah, I was gonna say, in a way, I mean, this episode would be a very great opportunity to talk about anger as a destru- you know what Lore has is you know just destructive anger just for its own sake. He is just a wanton force and data having constructive anger for the betterment. I mean, and these Borg, are they going to use their anger and their confusion to build a society that works for them? Right. Or are they going to use it to just destroy things? I mean, you have data and lore as these two polar opposites in a way. And yet they do the very, you know, and their struggle is not between, you know, these two political philosophies, but between, you know, the good twin and the evil twin and you know is the good twin gonna become the other evil twin well no we know the entire time that by the end of this episode he's gonna be back in starfleet and so it doesn't seem real yeah none of this seems real none of this seems plausible as over the top as it gets i know that data is gonna have no consequences this episode is really hard to care about and it's hard to care about the characters in this episode yeah i think you're right um I, this episode gets no stars. Gets zero motion chips because I wish there was no motion chip. 
I wish there was no liaisons. Yeah. You know what this episode reminded me of? Liaisons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one amba- the first season episode where the one ambassador ate the other at the end. It was just, Lonely Among Us. Yeah, and it was just horrible. And it was just I, – I felt really bad about myself watching this episode. L- liaisons is – Terrifying. One of the worst episodes in the next generation I've ever seen. Creepy as shit. It is one of the most disappointing episodes in the next generation I've ever seen. And it's also an episode that I, I don't think I've ever seen before. <laughs> it, it was so bad. It was it was new to me. <sighs> uh, I don't ever remember seeing it. It's possible that I had seen it at I some point. I was going to say, but did you maybe check yourself in for a lumbotomy? At it's, some it, it is possible that I did that or that I blocked it out to protect myself. It's 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 awful. I mean, there's no two ways around that this is an awful episode of the show. It, it, there's really nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. And frankly, I think that it's on par with the original series, season three. I, it felt like that while I was watching it, at least the Picard parts, um, because there's so much of season three of the original series w- was extremely low budget scripts that had immense amounts of padding because they needed to get 50 minutes out of this. Right. And so I'm thinking of all kinds of episodes like that fucking episode, Wink of an Eye, which was just them w- wander. No, was it was a Wink of an Eye. Well, one, one of them. There was one episode where they were like on a asteroid and there was like women that were disappearing and if they got close to the crew the crew would die and it just felt like it went on for i don't remember hours. this at all oh well, you probably stopped and your brain i was gonna say i had itself. a lobotomy from that one um it felt like that i it, you know this episode felt like it was about 17 hours long oh my god yeah how, how do we talk about this? There's three basic plot lines, each with the ambas- a different ambassador, it turns out to yeah. be. And at the end of the best, you know, and all of the ambassadors are horrible. In their own way, they're all horrible. And they're not even entertainingly horrible. Like the whole, the one ambassador is eating all the time is funny for about three seconds. <laughs> you know, I... I, I, that was that was the sitcom plot. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Troy was good at it because I like she actually does playing the straight role very well, and I like that she's slowly getting exas. You know, yeah. At the beginning, she's like, "Ooh, Katarian chocolate puff," which I fucking want. Looked good, you know. And then just she's just getting really turned off by dessert at the end. Like it's a but it's it's amusing, and I I don't watch Star Trek: The Next Generation for comedy. It's fine. It doesn't, yeah. If they want to do it, it's okay. I think if that sort of plot line had been a subplot in a much better episode, I would have been much more inclined to enjoy it. It didn't go anywhere. And, and. If there was nothing, yeah. It's just, and there's creepiness about it. Oh, because he's sort of like may taking. I it. buy you dessert. May I give your child dessert? And the woman's like, sure. And I was so glad that she followed them. I was wondering about that. And it was like, is she just going to leave her son with that weird alien, like, Troy? Like, eh, you know, I don't know like, that's a good idea. Yes, Troy. You know, you trust her with Troy. Fine. You know, we've seen Troy with children before. You know, probably, you know, they all know. But but still, like, yeah. Well, this is, you know, this is going to be a weird sort of connection to make, I think. But I think back to this, the season three episode, The Survivors, right? Because 
both of these are sort of high concept science fiction. There's something going on that we don't know about. There's a very, very, uh, 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 a, a very, very amount of sort of mystery involved here. And the end is a twist that we probably didn't see coming, but I don't know. And so, I mean, I did kind of see it coming, but, and, and so, but, but what the difference here is that the survivors was this sort of like, dark sad lyrical take on on loss and and you know can you ever get through the guilt of doing something horrible yeah this there was again we yeah this episode is i don't even know what is the point of it there were no aliens are assholes there were no stakes you know the survivors even though it turned it was even though you know, while the Enterprise crew was in no real danger for that episode um if i remember correctly uh the backstory of what had been done and the immensity of this man's guilt and all of the emotional stuff that was going on in that episode were so, you know, to a point and so poignant and so very well done that it, you know, it, it made it a very standout episode. Here, it turns out, oh, why is he eating chocolate? Because he just wanted to learn what chocolate was. And why is he being a dick to Worf? Because he wanted to learn punching. And why did, you know, it, oh, because he just wanted to see if female-on-male rape was a thing, you know? <laughs> uh, like, the, this was the ladies' rape men episode. It was terrifying. What was that? Uh, that was somebody had watched Misery the night before. Like, There's a responsibility here that the show completely mm. sidesteps, which is, okay, it wasn't really a crazy lady, but that feeds into a trope that is extremely sexist, and frankly, they don't do anything with it. <laughs> and if you're going to feed into that sort of stereotype, you need to do, like, you need to do something with it that is going to completely turn it on its head and comment on it, and they don't do any of that. Again, or you put Kathy Bates and just have it be just scary as shit. Like, you know, that they just go, this was nothing. Yeah, at the end of, at the, end of the day, it turns out I didn't know, you know, just I wanted to learn love. So what did Picard go through? What the fuck was any of that? That was just terrifying. In, in, in it just, wasn't even terrifying. No, I mean, terrifying in its implications of... Just boring. I don't know. It's just boring. I mean, and and that's the thing is that, you know, the Picard stuff took up the bulk of the running time of this episode. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, what what is the point of this? Like, really, what is the point of this? Because, again, remember, I had never seen this before, so I didn't remember what the hell happened. I don't think I've ever seen it before. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, huh, I don't think I've seen this episode before. Like, this is all right. This is kind of amusing. Oh, this guy wants to have chocolate. Oh, okay. He's kind of being a dick to war. That's funny. I wonder what's happening. And then this whole planet thing happens. And you're sitting there and I'm just thinking to myself, is is the show really doing this? Is it really going here? Yeah. Is Picard really being held captive by a crazy woman? Is this happening? That's, have yeah, have yeah, I yeah. died? Am I asleep right now? What is happening? And it turns out that the episode is doing that, and it's not doing it in quite the way that I thought it was doing it. But you know, the time you know, I figured out the twist at the very end when the the, the alien guy is like banging on the door after she leaves, right? And you're like, oh, well, obviously she's a shapeshifter or he's a shapeshifter yeah. or, or whatever, because that's too coincidental, right? I wasn't feeling proud of myself for figuring that out. It's not a very complicated episode, but you know, what, I didn't figure it out just because my brain was slowly committing. You know, well that's cell fine. death. Yeah, it's, your your brain was trying to escape out of your ear. I understand <laughs> that. 
what we've seen in the preceding 45 minutes is or 40 minutes or whatever the hell it was, was a woman keep him captive, Picard, uh, refuse to help him in any way, really refuse to let him help her uh, and just wanted to force herself on him. And I don't think that this is a good thing for the show to be doing. <laughs> the show has had a problematic enough relationship with the female characters that they don't need to be adding guest stars that are also feeding into that. Can I add in the fact that, um, you know, aggressive psychotic woman turns out to be a man at the end is also a trope that has its own problems. Yeah. That's actually a good point as well, (laughs) you know, and we'll expand on that. I mean, you know, while I I think this show is too unknowing to be transphobic, like I wouldn't say it, you know, even I think if you said that to the writers, that would be shocking to them because they hadn't thought about it, but it's just so unthought of, you know, even granted that this was 20 years ago, you know, it's just so, it feels ungenerous. It's lazy. Yeah, it's lazy and ungenerous. And it, that that it, those are two words that I don't normally associate with the next generation. That it just makes this character, this character who isn't even real, frankly. I was thought I I mean, I thought that the, I didn't think the episode was going to go as rapey as it did. Right. But I mean, I think the But ep- it's not it's not disturbing only because it's so ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like she's yeah. ju- she's jumping on Picard and sort of like pecking at him like a chicken. I'm not worried for Picard. Like this is obviously not anything that he needs to worry about. But but it's even incompetent in that respect because if you're going to do this, then do it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't necessarily want to see Picard get sexually assaulted, but this felt like a strange half step that didn't really have anything to do with anything. Yeah. It's the kind of episode that left a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't know what I was supposed to have gotten out of that. As you said, aliens are assholes. Is that just it? I guess so. We've had a lot of that recently. It's, I mean, I even think of timescape with the weird, you know, subspace aliens that were just like, yeah, but whatever we need our offspring. I don't think that if you asked anybody what the hell it meant that the society doesn't know what pleasure is like, like, I, 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 I just don't think they, I don't know what the hell it means that they don't know what pleasure is and they haven't had good food. Like, is a, you know, or they don't know what it means to be angry. I, I, yeah. Is this a race of datas? Like you get the sense, have I mean. That they mention that they're growing a nutrient gel or something like that. Could they like give that them or... the emotion chip and get rid of it? Maybe uh, that would be a thing that they could do. Can we just get rid of this episode? What what is what is with um with Picard in this episode though? Because what is with no? Uh, he he doesn't act very concerned about anything that's going on, and I guess I don't know like. There's just so many loose threads to this episode that are never picked up on. Like, what was that thing that she had on him? Uh, the little device? Oh, like, what, what was yeah. the point of that? What did that do? It apparently made him... It sim- it, I got the sense it simulated broken ribs or something like that, so he wouldn't be able to walk or have the strength to, you know, do things. That's a good explanation, but I think the episode should have given it to us. No, because he turned it off. He was like, I have no pain at all. 
Wow, I'm cured. I got the sense it was, you know, again, causing him the pain. But why? why I, I, I get, it's the kind of thing where I know, you know, and at the end, he says, you know, what you did would be committing a crime. I mean, like, that's putting it mildly. And it's just like, what's crime? Oh, ha, 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 they don't even know what crime is, these stupid aliens. Go! Let's have chocolate! Why wasn't the Enterprise looking for Picard? I know, because, I know, because you know, because because they were too busy trying. <laughs> I Picard makes a point of saying that it's going to take them seventeen hours to get to this planet, and they were gone for more than seventeen hours. So were they just all very distracted by the fact that Worf was was going around getting beaten up? And I was going to say, I mean, going around eating dessert. Like what? At no point, like, do they? I mean, we've we've seen any time the you know somebody has gone to ever you know they usually call the Enterprise and say I've arrived you know Captain Picard would would give a ring to his you know old to his right. ship just to let them know that they were there because you know there are ten thousand things that could go wrong. It's a plot hole. I mean, there's no way around it. It's just a plot hole. It's just again, it's a lazy, a lazy and ungenerous. Well, it's lazy and generous, and I also think the other problem with this episode that I'm just realizing now is that it feels very flat. Like, it doesn't feel like the next generation. There, there's, a, there's a sort of subtlety to a lot of the guest stars, and there's a sort of subtlety to the writing that I think is completely missing in this episode. It's all surface. There is nothing here that is li- – there's nothing here that's under the surface. I don't know what these characters' motivations are. I don't know why they're acting like this. I don't know why they're feeling like this. I don't know why they're talking like this. I don't know why they want to do any of this stuff. There's, there's no sense. And- that yeah. these three aliens are actual people. They're plot devices that are set inside a not very interesting plot for reasons that I can't explain to put the characters in uncomfortable situations so that we can have a lesson about what? Why we shouldn't be watching season seven. Is this really what we're doing? I think like, this is... This is I, Eric, when I watched this episode, I wished that Star Trek wouldn't have been a thing. No, uh, I, I'm with you. Like, like, this was just... I'm not kidding when I say that I do think this is one of the worst episodes of The Next Generation. Like, and, and, and you know, even more so than, than most of the first season episodes. Like, because at least most of the first season episodes, while they were terrible, and while they were inconsistent, and while they were embarrassing a lot of the time, I wasn't bored. Yeah, and they weren't, you know, you could tell that they weren't there yet. This is, I mean, this is the first proper episode of season seven, and it's awful, and it follows the second part of a cliffhanger that was also awful. I mean, we're batting zero for zero here on two very important episodes. I mean, this is... Is this what the season is? If this is your A game at the very beginning of the season when the writer should be as rested as possible... And, you know, people have been waiting again. What does this mean for the rest of the season? <laughs> yeah, I think so. This is another Zero Star episode. Let's call this a wrap. We don't need to talk about this episode anymore. Uh-huh. There's nothing to say about it that we haven't said already. I'll give it a two just because I did enjoy the alien who was eating chocolate. Fuck you. Initially. Initially. He doesn't eat. Yeah, so then, so then dock him another point. Give him a one. Give it a one. Richard is the alien that was examining what it's like to be antagonistic. <sighs> I wish I was the alien who could have done the chocolate. I want chocolate. Well, we're going to go get chocolate, but... uh, Really? Sure. If you would like to share your thoughts about this episode, just do so on the post for this episode at trekaboutshow.com. Follow us on Twitter for all kinds of interesting things, trekaboutshow. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trackaboutshow. And finally, leave us a review on iTunes, a positive review. Thank you. You're welcome. Next week, we're talking about Interface and Gambit Part 1. Ooh. Yes, it's already another two-parter. Oh, boy! This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>